The road we're on is paved in Garth. Come along on the journey. As we explore Garthology. Think of it more as a conversation. I like that. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. Hey guys, I'm Deb. I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 6 of Garthology. Thank you everybody for listening and interacting with us this past week. This week we will be discussing the first five songs off of Garth Brooks' second studio album, No Fences. No Fences was released on August 27, 1990 and it went on to reach number one on the Billboard Top Country album charts. It reached number three on the Billboard 200, where it stayed in the top 40 for 126 weeks. It came off the Capitol Nashville label and was produced by Alan Reynolds. So with that being said, let's get to the first song and pass it over to Jess. Hey guys, I have the first song off of No Fences, which is The Thunder Rolls. Three thirty in the morning, not a soul in sight. The city's looking like a ghost town on a moonless summer night. Raindrops on the windshield, there's a storm moving in. He's heading back from somewhere that he never should have been, and the thunder rolls. So we've briefly talked about the Thunder Rolls before because it was one of Pete's favorite songs in our first uh, podcast episode. So we maybe won't go quite as in-depth with it as we would have, but we're definitely going to touch on the high points. So the Thunder Rolls was written by Pat Alger and Garth Brooks. And a little background on Pat Alger. He worked with Peter, Paul, and Mary, the Everly Brothers, Dolly Parton, um, more importantly, he wrote four number one hits for Garth, including Unanswered Prayers, What She's Doing Now, That Summer, and The Thunder Rolls. And a little something you might not know, Pat Alger and Garth Brooks also co-wrote another song called Like We Never Had a Broken Heart. That was the second single off of Trisha Yearwood's debut album back in 1991, September of that year. So if you don't know that song because you just missed it the first time around or maybe you were really young when it came out, you should definitely check it out. Garth is more background, but it's sort of like a duet between Garth and Trisha. So it's definitely worth checking out if you don't know it or if you just haven't heard it in a while. Back to the Thunder Rolls, though. This song was released April 30th, 1991 as the fourth single off of No Fences, and it became the sixth number one song for Garth on country charts. Pete talked about in our first episode how The Thunder Rolls was one of his all-time favorite Garth songs and that it was originally recorded by Tanya Tucker back in 1988. It was never released by her until 1995, so Garth actually did get to put it out there first. He also talked about how The Thunder Rolls is played in Cowboy D minor, and that's what gives it that um, kind of haunting, foreboding sound of the thunder rolling in. Uh, one of the things that we didn't talk about, though, that I thought we could talk about this time is how controversial that song was at the time. The video and the song itself, 
both had kind of a tough time out of the gate because of the subject matter. Uh, there was infidelity, domestic violence, homicide. If you listen to that fourth verse, it wasn't part of the single, but the live version that Garth Singh says she reaches for the pistol kept in the dresser drawer. And you have to remember this was back before like Dixie Chicks and Goodbye Earl that came a decade later and everyone lauded it. The Thunder Rolls had to kind of really fight to to get out there because of all the initial backlash. But I I think that it became a hit despite the naysayers. And I would argue that people were ready for that. Like they were looking for something more real than what they had heard in the past, but it had to it had to work to get out there and find its audience. And I think that's kind of, you know, you always root for the underdog. So I'm glad that it became the huge hit that it is now. Just a, a great overall song. And I think everyone, it's one that people love live. And and I'm glad that it made it to where it did. But I know we, we talked about it before, but did you guys have anything you wanted to add this time around about it? Yeah, I actually was going to mention the extra verse. I, I like that. And I think it's a great ending to the song. And I can kind of understand why it wasn't included in the original recording because, you know, they they try to make it all family friendly. Yeah. We've talked a little bit about that. But I love it in the live show. I think it's a great ending to the story of the song. The thing I've never understood, I guess, you know, you mentioned the video mm-hmm. and it was really controversial. It actually got pulled off of like CMT. Mm-hmm. I've never understood why the video focuses so heavily on abuse, on the man's abuse to her. Because to me, the song is a cheating song. Right. That yeah. That's what it's all about. So I've always been, I've always seen the contradiction between the song and the video. And they say, you know, I think Garth has said in a few things that I've seen and read that it is a song about abuse. And that's why the video was made that way. But I just never saw the song that way. I just always saw it as a cheating song. Yeah. Yeah, that, uh, that's a good point. I guess li- looking at it that way, then going back to watching the video and listening to the song, when I would watch the video, I was so memorized by what was going on in it. Like this video is, I mean, obviously it wasn't ahead of its time because those things were going on at that time. But I mean, it was a very powerful video and I never looked at it as a way to deficiate. Yeah, I think the same thing. I think it's a cheating song, but it does focus looking at it now uh, on on abuse. It's uh, that's a that's a good point. Yeah, it was also fun to see Garth play a role in that, you know, yeah. instead of just kind of standing and being the singer, it was it was fun to see him be in the story. Although I I don't like seeing Garth as a cheater. Right? No. <laughs> I just no. I don't and or an abuser. abuser. Yeah. I don't I <laughs> It's it's weird to sit back and watch him in that role and then towards the end of the video where he sits back and you can see everything going on over his shoulder, like he's watching from the outside in, you know, it's uh it's like a dual role type thing. It's uh the video was uh was really well done, but very controversial. Yeah. Definitely ahead of its time, I think, for yeah, sure. I agree. Well, That I think was probably enough for this song just because we have already talked about it before. So I think it's a good time to go ahead and pass it along to Deb so we can pick up with the second song on the album. Okay, I do have the second song. The second song on No Fences is New Way to Fly. Goodbye. A 
above the clouds and the rain, the memories and pain, and the tears that they cry. Now the lesson's been learned. New Way to Fly was written by Garth and Kim Williams. And Kim Williams actually is really well known within the songwriting community. He was named an ASCAP's Country Songwriter of the Year in 1994. He won the Country Music Association Song of the Year for a Randy Travis song in 2003. And he was inducted into the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame in 2012. So he's definitely well known around Nashville. With Garth, he actually wrote quite a few of Garth's songs with him. Uh, Ain't Going Down, Baby Let's Lay Down and Dance, It's Midnight Cinderella, The Night I Called the Old Man Out, Papa Love Mama. I mean, those are some great Garth Brooks songs. And Kim was um, the co-writer on those. So that's awesome to see that Garth goes back to that well when he knows he's got a good partner and he, you know, he works with them over and over again. So I like that. As far as the song goes, for me, it was kind of almost like a throwback to his first album. You know, we talked about the first album and how it was kind of more of an old country sound. To me, this song also kind of has that old country sound. And so it was kind of a throwback in my mind. For me, it also sounded a lot like Randy Travis. To me, it was like a Randy Travis song, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s. He sounds like Randy Travis on it. Although in the anthology, Garth talks about how to him it was a Haggard song. You know, it sounded like a Haggard song to him. He tried to do like a Haggard impression in it. So I think that's funny because for me, it it comes across as Randy Travis. And then Trisha, of course, does the harmony background and she just, she gets those high notes and she just owns them. I love the background singing in that song. So those were kind of the things that um, I found. What did you guys think about it? I agreed with that kind of old school sound. And also I felt like whenever it got to those harmonies that you were talking about, like those big powerful moments it was a throwback to an old sound and then that brought it into the Garth sound again for me. Like I was like, Oh, there it is. There's like what you hear more of later. So I saw both things in there, but this song was one, it was never really on my radar. I don't really, I mean, I had heard it, but I don't really remember ever listening to it, but listening to it for this, I actually do really like it. And I'm not sure why it never kind of was on my playlist or anything before, but maybe I'll add it on there now. Yeah. Perfect. There you go. Yeah. And it was never released as a single. It only, it just came out with the album and that was it. Yeah, going back to um, what you were saying between the the Haggard and the, the Travis, it's crazy because I got Randy Travis from it as well. And again, doing research, I saw in the anthology where you mentioned Haggard. And then you look at the, you, if you look at it that way, you could hear the Randy Travis side, uh, side of the music, but then you, you relate it to some of the Haggard songs that he talked about on the um, Blame It All on My Roots of the Wind. Some of the lyrics are haggard lyrics, so it's kind of a little bit of the combination of both. So uh, that's funny that you brought up that same thing I was thinking about. It is old school, though. Very, very old school. It definitely is old school. Now we're going to go to Pete for the third song on the album. I got the third song, and it is Two of a Kind, Working on a Full House. When the going gets tough, 
sometimes we find just so we can make up But I need that little woman like the props need a rain She's my honeycomb and I'm her sugar cane We really fit together if you know what I'm talking about Two of a Kind was co-written by Warren Haynes, Dennis Robbins, and Bobby Boyd. It was released on the album as the third single and ended up being Garth's fifth consecutive number one hit. It went to number one on uh, U.S. Hot Country Songs, and it is just a very, very fun, upbeat tempo, great song. The lyrics... And how he turns a relationship into a hand of cards and the fact that I like to play cards is pretty awesome. I love the way that the song and each verse of the song has a different way to explain something different in other words. And then all turns back to, you know, a a relationship of a, a hand of cards. One of the favorite verses in that for me, ultimate goal one day is to have a piece of property and live out in the country. But the verse where he says, yep, a pickup truck is her limousine, and her favorite white dress is her faded blue jeans. She loves me tender when the going gets tough. Sometimes we fight just so we can make up. I absolutely love that verse. That is, every time it comes on, that's the verse that I sing the loudest. It's, I don't like the idea of a limousine, but I have no problem getting into a pickup truck out in the woods somewhere. Um, not a big guy getting dressed up, actually, at 41 years old, just bought my first suit. I'd rather be in faded blue jeans somewhere out dressed up that way. So that is my favorite, favorite verse of that song. I really, really enjoy that song in, in the upbeat tempo. It's a, to me, a cool love song. That's not really, you know, it's a story about a love song. So that's, that's kind of uh, my favorite thing with that song. What do you guys think about it? I, I agree. This arguably could have been on our love songs episode. And actually my sister advocated for this to be on that episode. And I was like, <laughs> there has to be space. We we're trying to keep the episodes to a decent length. And we've talked about, we could talk for hours and hours. So, but this definitely could have made that list. It's so much fun live. Like you mentioned, it's just a fun song. It's fun, upbeat. It always gets the crowd going. So I love that one. And, and I did think of the two of you listening to it just because of like the poker reference with the the cards. I am not a poker player, but both of these guys play cards. Well, <laughs> coincidentally, Garth did end up with a full house because of the three girls, oh. but um, this would have been done before he would have known that. So I thought that that was pretty funny. Right. But yeah, I just, I love this song. It's a, it's a good one. What about you, Deb? I love this song. This is one of my all-time favorite Garth Brooks songs. One of my favorites to see live. I, without fail, it doesn't matter what I've been through in a day, you know, if I had a bad day at work or just going crazy with normal life stuff, then if this song comes on, I'm all good. I dance to it in the car on the way to wherever I'm going or wherever I'm coming from. And it just automatically, it just puts a smile on my face and I could listen to it over and over again. But the the thing that I always laugh about, and, you know, we talked about this a little bit before, Garth and the songwriters that he chooses, they often have lyrics that are a little bit on the racy side. And so to me, this song definitely has a couple of those. And so I always giggle like a little schoolgirl 
whenever he talks about, um, you know, we fit together, <laughs> if you know what I mean. I always have to laugh at that every time. I don't care. I'll always be a teenager when it comes to that lyric. I can't help it. It just is. So every time I love, I love Garth. I just, everything about this song to me, it's Garth. And in a way, it kind of has like an old time, the music part of it kind of has an old time feel. But at the same time, it's so fully and completely Garth Brooks that, yeah, it'll always be one of my favorites. I agree. Yeah, for sure. You know, the other thing with that is uh, also talking about like the live show. When he sings live, his big thing is uh, we're two of a kind and he'll put up two fingers. I always find myself wanting to do it. We're two of a kind, put two fingers up. So that's another thing that uh, <laughs> always, it's just, and those things we see him live and he does those little things, a little something with every song. And that's one thing with that song that it reminds me of. Yeah, it just sticks with us. Yeah. So with that discussion finished, we will pass it over to Jess for the fourth song. All right, the fourth song off of No Fences was Victim of the Game. Well, it took a little time But I guess you finally learned That promises get broken Bridges do get burned You've been sifting through the ashes Just trying to find a flame Holding on to nothing you're a victim again. This song was written by Garth Brooks and Mark Sanders. And background on Mark Sanders, this guy actually has had 14 number one songs, including Leanne Womack's I Hope You Dance, which I think is a great song. I love that song. He also did What You Gonna Do With a Cowboy. Garth's a duet with Chris Ledoux off of Chris Ledoux's album of the same name, What You Gonna Do With a Cowboy. So amazing songwriter. So it's no surprise that he and Garth together came up with this great song. I am shocked that this was not a single because I love it so much. And it's one that I actually hadn't listened to in a while. And I loved it. And it just kind of fell off my radar. But when I listened to it again for this podcast, when it got to the chorus and it gets to the who you are, line of the chorus, I was just like, why do I not listen to this every day? I love this song so much. And then there's these amazing parts in there. Like it says, there ain't no standing tall in the shadow of the shame when everybody knows you're a victim of the game. Who can identify with that feeling of like, you just got played or something happened to you that somebody did in a relationship and everybody knows, you know, everyone knows about it. Everyone's feeling bad for you. It's a terrible, like, Nobody likes that feeling. And so I think you can hear a line like that and just immediately it gets to, if not everyone, certainly most people can understand that feeling. Another line that I loved was at the very end and it says, when I look into your eyes, I can really feel the pain staring in the mirror at a victim of the game. Because again, when you find somebody who has experienced exactly what you've experienced, no one's going to get it like that. And you connect with that person either because they've been through what you're going through or you've been through what they're now going through. And either way, that's such a bond whenever you find that moment. Something that you guys may not know or other people may not know is that Trisha also released a version of this on her debut album. It was the sixth track off of Trisha Yearwood, July of 91. And it wasn't a single for her either. But both versions of this song are going right back on my playlist. I love it so much. 
can we just cue it up and do the chorus from her version and then back to back with the with Garth's version so that we can all just bask in the glory of how great this song is and compare? There's no one quite as blind as a victim of the game. And it don't matter who you are. It treats everyone the same. I just love it. I just love it. Did you guys um did you guys get to listen to it ahead of time and and what do you think? Yeah, so I didn't know that Trisha had recorded this, Jess, until you told me. And once you said that, I thought, well, I have to hear that. And so I ran off, found it on Amazon Music and listened to it and then listened to Garth and then listened to Trisha's. And all I kept thinking was how interesting it would be to have Garth singing a verse from it and then Trisha singing a verse from it and then Garth singing the next and do it kind of, you know, uh, one after the other. And I imagined it in my head as these two people who had been together and went through a heartbreak and are experiencing the same things because of what the other person did to them. So I just, I had this whole little movie playing in my head because of the fact that the two people recorded this song. I really liked it, though. Trisha's version is great. I love it. This was not one of my go-to songs, but I love it now. I think it's great. I love it. I wonder if we can campaign for them to sing it together now so that we can hear it. <laughs> That's funny. That's what I was just that thinking about. great. Tonight on Insight Studio G, Garth was talking. Somebody had asked about duets, more duets with Trisha and Garth. This would be a good one to throw into the fire because I had no idea Trisha recorded it, so I can't wait to go back and, and listen to it you know, from both sides, like you were saying, uh, from a guy's side and a, and a woman's side. But that song, it, it's been on my playlist. And I actually went back and forth with it when we did the love song episode. And I was like, no, yeah, no. But, uh, <laughs> I listened to it quite a bit during that period because uh, it is a phenomenal song. I can't wait to hear Trisha's version of it. I had no idea. Hey, guys, it's Deb. I'm going to let you inside my head for just a minute. So you can hear the Garth and Trisha duet of Victim of the Game with me. It took a little time, but I guess you finally learned that promises get broken, bridges do get burned. You've been sifting through the ashes, just trying to find a flame. 
holding on to nothing. You're the victim of the game. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Oh, so good. Well, I think that's all for this song. As great as it is, I could probably find something else to say about it. But for time's sake, I'm going to pass it <laughs> off to Deb and let her pick up with song number five. Okay, I do have song number five, and it is Friends in Low Places. I toasted you, said, honey, we may be through, but you'll never hear me complain. Cause I got friends in low places where the whiskey drowns and the beer chases my blues away. Friends in Low Places was released August 6th of 1990. And if you've listened since the beginning, you've heard we talked about this in our first episode. It was one of Pete's favorite songs. He loves that it's an anthem, and it truly is. Like just recently, Pete and I were at a wedding, and the intro to this song started in Everybody knew it and we all started dancing and it was fantastic because it's just, it's a great song. It was Garth's first single off of this album, No Fences. It spent four weeks at number one and it won awards for single of the year at the ACMs and the CMAs that year. So I wanted to go out and find out some interesting information about this song. And there was some stuff out there that I never knew. So there may be some that you out there don't know either. One of the things I found out is that at the 340 mark of this song, which I will drop in a soundbite of it, you can actually hear, and now I've gone back and listened to it like three times because I thought there's no way this happens. You can hear someone yell, push Marie. And the reason that they're yelling that is because Garth's guitarist for this song, James Garver, his wife was in labor and having a baby while he was recording this song, and he didn't make it to the delivery because he was working on this song. <gasps> oh, my God. So they threw that in as like a shout out to her. So his wife's name's Marie. She was having a baby. You can honestly hear it right at the 340 mark. I love that. There is also, you know, the crowd scene when it's crazy and everybody's yelling. There's a beer can opening. And so when they were editing the song, they thought, like the technicians thought it was just an error. They were going to take it out. And they were told, no, 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 that's a beer can opening. We want it in there. I searched. I can't find it. So if any of y'all out there know where the beer can opens, send me the timestamp. I want to find it. I listened and listened. I could not find it. So... Just to give you some background on this song, which again, we covered in one, but it was written by Dwayne Blackwell and Earl Bud Lee. They actually were at a bar drinking, getting drunk, realized they didn't have any money to pay the bill. And so um, Lee said, don't worry, I've got friends in low places. I know the cook. And so they didn't write the song right then. They just took that down as a note. And a few months later, they were at a party. They were kind of checking out the scene. It was somebody's a singer's party in Nashville, and they were kind of watching the party around them, and they started to think about that 
phrase that he had used, friends in low places, and checking out the scene around them and just started building the song from there. And then it kind of wrote itself right there at the party. They were even taking lyrics down on a napkin. And actually, if they had given it to Garth just a few weeks sooner, he would have put it on his first album. But his first album was already set. And they actually asked him to record the demo. So he did, which at this point, because his first album was out and it was doing well, but it wasn't no fences yet. It hadn't bro- you know, broken any records. So they asked him to record the demo and he did. And it was actually the last demo that he ever recorded was for Friends in Low Places. So Mark Chestnut was offered the song because the writers were afraid that it would just get left by the wayside. So they gave it to Mark Chestnut, and Mark Chestnut recorded it, and it's on his Too Cold at Home album. So I will also drop in a little sample of that because it's completely different. I did not know that. Yeah, it is not the Friends in Low Places that we know. I showed up in boots, ruined your black tie fan. Last one to show, last one to know I was the last one. Other small little things. So the intro that we all know and love, it was actually not part of the song. It was improvised by Mark Stevens. He was uh, one of the musicians on the song and he dropped it in there. And then all of a sudden, now look, everybody knows that. And history was made at that point. And then one other thing, the oasis that they talk about going to is actually a real bar in Kansas. James Garver, the same guy whose wife was having the baby, grew up in a town that had a bar called the Oasis. And so he got that thrown in there. And actually, one more final thing. <laughs> I just have a lot now. <laughs> I, I can't remember if Pete mentioned this or not in the first one, but I'm sure everybody out there knows. And if you don't, you have to get a live version of it. There is a third verse that Garth only sings in concert. It's not available on the recording. So if you haven't seen him in concert, sing it. It's the best part of the whole show. Chris Ledoux and this are, the, to me, the best parts of his shows. I love those. That's what I had. <laughs> Such a great song. I really love this one. And you talking about the Oasis, that's my favorite part live is when everybody sings out that line slip on down to the oasis and it's just such a party such a great time at a live show yeah it is definitely and how noticeable the song is with just three little chords that you know from a guitar in the beginning and then the entire place just erupts mm-hmm. you know i could talk about the anthem all day and it, it's crazy that you mentioned it because we had just got done recording that episode and then we went to the wedding and we heard it and you and i from across the room just dead looked at each other there probably wasn't no more than 10 people in that entire wedding that listened to country music. There was 86 people that attended and every single person knew the words, including kids. It was unbelievably yes. fun. It, that's exactly what we were talking about on the podcast. 
Right. And in that moment, the dance floor was more crowded than it had been for the entire other parts of the wedding. No matter what other song came on. During this song, it was filled. Everybody was there. Yeah. So much fun. Okay. So that is it for this week's topic. The first five songs off of the No Fences album. Also, another interesting fact, 29 years ago, on October 24th, 1991, it was a big day for Garth Brooks and the No Fences album. It was recognized for selling 5 million copies, which was the highest ever for a country music artist at that time. Okay, let's go to Deb for breaking news. Breaking news. Okay, we do have a few breaking news items. In case you haven't heard, on October 21st, Garth actually had an accident on his farm and injured his left hand. And he described it on the Bobby Bones show recently, which is a little too much information, but (laughs) here it is. He said that he was loading the chop saw and grabbing the back end of it. And then the thing collapsed on him. And he was so worried that the first thing he did was grab his left hand because he honestly thought that he had lost parts of his hand. So I'm sure there's more details, but that was enough for me. I don't want to know anymore because the idea of Garth losing part of his hand, it just sends shivers down my spine. So that was definitely a scary day. He was supposed to, that night, he and Trisha were going to debut the fun album on a live stream. They were unable to do it because of Garth's injury. So he moved it off to the 26th of October. His hand, he says now it's healing. It is still black and blue, but it it is getting better. So thank goodness for that. Another interesting thing that came out recently while he has been promoting the new album, Fun, someone asked him about Chris Gaines and asked him if Chris Gaines might make another appearance. And jokingly, he said, I don't know, that might make 2020 complete. (laughs) So I think that was kind of Garth being facetious about how crappy 2020 has been. And he doesn't want to add Chris Gaines to the mix. But of course, Trisha jumped in. And she said she votes for it because she loves that album. That's her favorite Garth Brooks album. So that's funny. She was in the background saying, no, no, do it. I agree. I would not cry about it. I mean, I don't care about like the dressing up like Chris Gaines, but if he wanted to release more music with that style, I would 100% buy it. I love that album. Yeah. I wouldn't. I don't know that it was my favorite, but I love it. There's a guy on Instagram that follows us, and we follow him through the Garthology, and he's at Garth Covers. He does a lot of the Garth Brooks, Chris Gaines stuff, and it's really good. And it rem- reminds me like how good that album actually was. I got to be honest; I'll be the first one to admit, I wasn't a big fan of it at first, but after I listened to it a couple times, it was really, really good. I love it. I can't wait for us to do that podcast. I'm so excited for it. I'm gonna tell you all a little secret right now. I don't think I've ever heard it. What? You're killing me. I I couldn't name one song. I I honestly don't think I've ever listened to a song off of it. You need to start listening to it right now. All I know is I'm off the hook for Hope Floats. I'm off the hook <laughs> for, for Hope Floats. That might be worse. <laughs> That's a movie he had a song on. That's an album you didn't listen to. That's a fail, Deb. That's an fail. epic fail. I 
We'll absolutely go find it. I there, It's got to be somewhere. I, I have to be able to find it, right? Yeah. Okay. I promise I will. I will play it for you over Zoom. I actually have an unopened copy. But speaking of Hope Floats, did you watch it? Because you said you would watch it before this episode. Of course I watched you it. You did not. You totally lied. Of course I watched it. I'm just too high <laughs> to remember. totally lied. Okay, okay, hold on. I watched the new Borat movie instead. Hey, while you're laid up with your back hurt, there is no reason you can't go watch Hope Floats. There you go. Do it. I vote for that yeah, as well. Exactly. Okay, one last breaking news. Um, it was announced recently that Kent Blasey is being inducted into the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame, which I mentioned earlier in one of my song critiques about Kim Williams. Now Kent Blasey is going to be inducted. And actually, he received that news via a Zoom call because that's how they called (laughs) all of the nominees this year. And Garth was in the Zoom call and so got to be there with him and experience that with him. That was pretty cool. I'm excited for Kent. It's definitely an honor that he deserves. So I'm super excited for him. He was in studio tonight with Garth on Inside Studio G. I don't know him, but I feel like I would want to meet him and shake his hand and be like, thank you for introducing Garth and Trisha. Right. It might be the most important thing for me that you ever did. (laughs) Possibly for them too, but definitely (laughs) for me. (laughs) I have a feeling there's a lot of people out there that feel that way. See? Just make a line and pat that man on the back and tell him what a good job he did. Well done. Oh, and the songwriting, too. Well done with that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And now we're going to go to Pete for shout-outs. Shout-outs. So this week, shout-outs. First one goes to Dennis Berry off of Facebook. He commented on one of our posts with a picture of him and Garth. And to GBKUB fan from Planet Garth. We appreciate all the kind words you have written for us in the Planet Garth forums. Thanks, guys. We appreciate that so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, guys. So just a reminder to everybody to visit our website, Garthology.com, and leave a comment. Or there's a tab where you can actually submit show ideas to us. We would be happy to take those. And at the bottom of the website page, you can sign up for our newsletter. So be sure and get in on that. And please subscribe, download, rate, review on your podcast platform of choice, whether you get it on Apple or Amazon or Spotify. Please do that for us. That would be great. And then also, if you would share us with your friends and your followers on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, that would be great. We would really appreciate it. You can find us on the socials uh, for Instagram and Twitter at GarthologyCast and at Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash GarthologyCast. We're getting a lot of interaction between those platforms, and it's a lot of fun to see what people have to say. It's fun to be able to interact, respond, and share your guys' posts as well as uh, if you guys could share uh, ours as well. That would be great. Yeah, definitely. And then next time on Garthology, we're going to talk about the second half of No Fences. So we'll cover Wild Horses, Unanswered Prayers, Same Old Story, Mr. Blue, and Wolves. So if you haven't listened to this album in a while, dust it off, give it a listen, cue it up on Amazon Music if you don't have a hard copy, and revisit this amazing music with us. Until then, this has been Episode 6 of Garthology, and I'm Deb. 
I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Jess, do you hear her? No, I thought it was just me. Okay. All right. I totally put my microphone on mute because Rocky jumped up and then I completely forgot that I did it. I'm kind of glancing at Pete. I'm like, is he listening to her? I'm like watching her go and I'm watching. Jess is like, and I'm like, what am I missing here? Rocky jumped up. That might be our ending this time. She she was so can I was like, whatever she's saying is awesome because she's in it right now. It's amazing. Holy sh...